Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny Meringue. I found two empty bottles of a particularly decent Chateau de War Bordeaux 57 in your rubbish. Dusty Hera. You went through my garbage? This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app. I find it particularly offensive that you use them to wash down an order from something called Macho Taco. And Portland's sports leader, 1080. I would never drink a Bordeaux with a Macho Taco. The Fan. It was a burrito machissimo. Hour number two, Danny and Dusty. Danny uh, now on the road, on his way up to Seattle. Uh, Schultz is here with us. Ah, all right. Schultzy, what's up? How's the card trading? What's the hottest card right now? You told us that you were in the card game. Yeah, Aaron Judge, man. Well, I guess too. Albert Pujols and Aaron Judge. um, You know, with with the other investment markets, because sports cards are investables with crypto with stocks going down right now gas up over six bucks a gallon again uh people aren't really spending as much on cards as they were a few months ago but two names that are going up aaron judge because of his 60 uh first home run and then albert pujol 702 over the weekend how quickly do you got to unload those things before they start coming back down to earth I mean, it's it, honestly, Dusty, it's just kind of a guessing game. It's like you don't know when the top of the stock market's going to hit. You don't know when the top of one of these card values is going to hit. Michael Jordan, for instance, last year, um, the best graded version, so the top authenticated best uh, condition of that card was going for over seven hundred grand. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, that's going to be like a two, three million dollar card. It's going to go to the price of like Mickey Mantles of Hannes Wagner someday. Well, that same card right now, Dusty, is, I think, last sold for $175,000. So uh, you see a lot of these people that put that cash into uh, cards as kind of that extra investment, you know, their fun money. And uh, sometimes when we're in places like we are in the world, they pull that out and they get that cash for that investment and all that all that value just kind of drops and well, I, I think would, we're seeing a lot of people do I that. would take that fun money uh, $175,000. I they could just pay that to me instead. I'll <laughs> do some course. chores for him. I'll do more chores than that card will do. Well, <laughs> I don't think that that's the equal trade-off oh. that they're looking for. Damn. All right. Well, uh, week 4 in the NFL, it comes to a wrap with Monday night football tonight uh 5:15 on Espen between the Rams and the 49ers uh, and NFC West tilt. Now, look, the trend is continuing. We need a three-point game tonight to continue the average of six per week. Through the first three weeks of the season, there were 18 uh, games decided by three points or less. Yesterday, 
we had five games finish with three-point uh, margins to them. You had the Patriots fall into the Packers in overtime, 27-24. You had the Vikings holding off the Saints due to a double doink by Lutz, uh, 28-25 in jolly old London town, which that is wild to me. Like, they kept kept on bringing it up during the broadcast um, that, man, they really like their kickers here. They love the kicking game. Dude, Tottenham Hotspurs Stadium was going nuts over every kick, and Will Lutz finishing that thing off with a double doink off the upright, off the crossbar on a, on a field goal. That would have been good from, like, 65. Um, what a perfect way to end that one. But the Vikings win 28-25. You had the Falcons and Marcus Mariota improved to 2-2 two and two as they beat the Browns 23-20. And then you had the defense optional game, and it wasn't even that optional. They just didn't play it. 48-45, the Seahawks uh, inexplicably pulled a 500, uh, beating the Lions uh, in Detroit. And then our other game that we had that was a, a three-point margin was the Buffalo Bills erasing a 20-3 to deficit to win 23-20. to uh, So we had five of them. One more, and we hit that average. Oh, by the way, we had another game that was a four-point margin, very close, uh, Jets and Steelers, 24-20. to These games have been razor-thin margins across the board in the NFL. It's been a, a, a really fun first four weeks of the NFL season. And I, I think we've had a the quarterback play has been on opposite ends of the spectrums. You've had some of the best quarterback play that we've seen. The wizardry that we saw from Patrick Mahomes last night, that little flip pass that he had to Clyde Edwards-Alaire on the two-yarder where he could have run it in, but he was like, nah, I'm going to get myself and Edwards-Alaire a little bit of that bonus money. We're going to tack this one on. And in the grand scheme, like all, as, as he goes down the season, Mahomes has a, a ton of these where he has these little plays where you're like, oh, my God, that was incredible. But he has like four or five of them, and at the end of the year, <laughs> we start hearing in week 17, like, oh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, one touchdown away from getting a $1.5 million bonus. Well, guess what happens is that he these touchdowns this early in the year where Mahomes could have run it himself, and he flips it in and has these incredible plays, they end up making his teammates a ton of money. There's a big reason why guys love him even more than just being a good quarterback because he always is looking out for them. I remember the... Uh, in the huddle late in the season last year, he was like, hey, we got, we, hey, we are close to the bonus. I can't remember who the receiver was, but they're like, all right, we'll, we'll get it for you. We'll get it for you. Uh, Russell Wilson was doing that up in Seattle too uh, late in the year, trying to get the guys a little bit of the extra bonus cash. It's one of the small things about those ridiculous plays that Mahomes does where it's like, he could have run it himself. Well, he saved himself, one, a hit, and two, flips it in with an incredible play. And then you have guys like Josh Allen, who engineered a 17-point deficit. I mean, what? It, it was 20-3 to three right before halftime. And that Baltimore-Buffalo uh, game, I was, I, wanted, like, I was expecting a little bit more offensively. Like, usually when you have an incredible comeback like that, Allen is putting up the numbers like, oh, I don't know, Justin Herbert put up yesterday where he went like 27 of 39 for 340 yards and a couple tutties. What Allen in the Buffalo Bills did was they just put on like this efficient death march to erase that 17-point deficit. It's not just the fact that, you know, you, you and everybody's going, Josh Allen erased the 17-point the hole, the first guy to do it since Ryan Fitzpatrick did it back in 2011 for Buffalo. Man, that defense deserves a ton of credit because from that point where they fell back 20-3, to three, 
the offense went touchdown, field goal, touchdown, punt, field goal, right, to win it. They scored 20 points um, on five drives. That is, they were wildly efficient, getting points out of all but one drive in that game. How about the defense, though? Because everybody's saying Josh Allen, he pitched that. He goes and he gets 17-point deficit that he erased. How about the defense not allowing the Baltimore Ravens to score from that point on? How about the defense when John Harbaugh's taking a ton of heat right now um, for going for it on fourth fourth and goal from the two-yard line? And they have a it, uh, you have the, Lamar Jackson threw an interception on the two-yard line. Jordan Poyer turns out really damn good at football. Um, and that led to the eventual game-winning drive where you had Josh Allen engineering that that death march where they went down 77 yards from the three-yard line and ended up getting a field goal to win it at, as time expired. Well, the defense finished off the game in the second half, three and out, five-yard or five-play, 18-yard drive, interception, interception. That's what Buffalo's defense did. They are playing lights-out football in that second half. And, yeah, they did create the 20 points, but let's not forget that Josh Allen on the opening drive threw a pick that led to uh, a Buffalo short field and a touchdown. They, I think it was, they got the ball wet on, like, the five-yard line. They started the game with a five-yard drive, so Buffalo's defense had their back against the wall. Okay, And then they gave up one long drive, and then Buffalo fumbled again and gave another short field where – Goodness gracious, that deficit could have been even more because they ended up on a, on a on a short field giving up a field goal instead of a touchdown and they got it back on the rails close enough to where after you have the interception in a short field, a fumble and giving you another short field, man, that Buffalo defense was lights friggin' out. So just as much as Josh Allen is getting deservedly, deservedly so, especially with that last drive, a ton of credit for engineering that drive, and you don't do it if you don't have a quarterback that 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 is that good. Buffalo's playing complimentary football. They are still just as scary as they were before uh, they suffered their first loss and only loss of the season down in Miami. I mean, they have that team is going to be the machine that we all thought that they were going to be at the beginning of this year if they keep playing like they did because they went on the road and were able to squeak one out in Lamar Jackson. He's got a couple throws he wishes he had back. Boy, Buffalo's defense created a ton of them. And we're seeing some phenomenal play. And we're with, uh, I was mentioning Herbert a little earlier in the numbers he put up. Boy, it looks like that pain-killing shot made a difference this week because he was a completely different player than he was a week ago with those uh, what's broken rib cartilage that he has going on. That is a painful, painful injury. The fact that Justin Herbert had one down week last week where he looked like a mess playing against Jacksonville, and he got hit quite a few times in that game. He bounces back, and this week is able to throw for 340 yards and put together a masterful performance against a very, very, very bad Texans team. But for throwing for 340 yards, they kept him clean, they kept him upright, and the Chargers get back to 500 at 2-2. Two and two. This is a stretch where they're without their left tackle. They're going to be without Bosa for, I, I was, 8-10 to 10 weeks, and you lose one of your pass rushers. Every win you have got to take, and to see Herbert play like that when his team, team needs him the most, you have to win games against the, the bottom feeders in the league. And right now, if you look at it, Chargers can weather this storm a little bit, right? 
They got Houston this week. They go on the road to Cleveland, which Cleveland's kind of a disaster right now. Then they have a team in Denver in a divisional game that is figuring it out, but they have it at home. Then they have the Seahawks and Falcons in back-to-back weeks. So their next four game, five games that they have, they got some. They got an opportunity here to weather a storm without Bosa and w- without Rashawn Slater. I don't know how they're going to be a, a contending team, but if they can get through this stretch without Bosa for what they're going to have to go two or three more weeks, maybe even four weeks after this stretch of games happens without Bosa, man, because he had that groin surgery uh, just last week. If they can get out of it and just weather the storm, you got to beat the bad teams. They got a string of bad teams in a row, and it started with Houston. You're going to need Herbert to play through this injury uh, if you're going to want to get healthy and give yourself a shot come playoff time. 503-250-1080, that's the fan text line. Uh, we'll continue with the NFL because we got, hey, we saw some great quarterback play. We saw some pretty sketchy quarterback play as well, including that of a, a guy who's kind of getting a raw deal in his first action uh, that he saw. A three-interception game. Not all three-interception games are created equally. Danny Dusty on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Well, we got to the good. Let's talk about the bad and the ugly of quarterback play in the NFL in week four. My goodness, you had Mahomes, Allen, uh, Herbert, all fantastic. Look, even Tom Brady in a losing effort. He almost threw for four hundo last night. Nobody cared. <laughs> no, because they lost. I had two people text me and be like, what's with Brady? I'm like, what's with him? He's He did it fine. He did great. Yeah, he's on all of his anti-aging drugs. Um, can I also throw Zach Wilson a, hey, not that bad. Not that bad. You find a way to re- have a receiving touchdown. He comes back and he's finally healthy again. Uh, after having surgery early in, in uh, preseason, he threw two interceptions, but found a way to win a football game. Not too shabby, Zach Wilson. Mom's everywhere cheering that performance on. You're damn right. But the other, the quarterback that he was going up against, at least for a half of football, uh, was Kenny Pickett, the rookie out of uh, Pitt, who came in for Mitchell Trubisky in the second half of that Steelers-Jets game where the Jets won 24-20. Look, not all three interception games are created equally, right? Like, And this is like the hard part is that 
if you just look at stats and you don't look at the context of the way that it, you know all these interceptions are happening, then you have a tendency to be like, oh my gosh, Pickett looked in over his head. 10 of 13, 120 yards, no touchdowns, but three picks. My goodness. And his quarterback rating is terrible. But, I mean, you can say that you had his his last one was definitely just a chuck up, right? Where you just kind of throw it up in the air. And the first one was deflected, which, you know, you, you can put that on the quarterback. But if you're looking at Kenny Pickett and what this Pittsburgh Steelers team is right now, Mitchell Trubisky wasn't going to do it. It is a division that is, oddly enough, very winnable. They have massive holes in Pittsburgh right now. Um, they're getting – it just does not feel like the same Pittsburgh Steelers team that we've seen for, what, 60 years now, right? And it's been incredible, the, the consistency that they have had. But they are having a little soft reset right now, and it's going to have to um, – you're going to have to have a down year every now and then. What, what is the stat on their losing seasons? They haven't had a losing season since like it, Nam. No, I don't know when it is, but it's it's incredible. It was somewhere near two thousand. They had like an eight and eight season, I think, like that. And, and it's it's like a forty year streak. It's crazy. That is ridiculous. Um, that this team has been this good for this long, and you could just tell now is their time. And it, it's been incredible that they've been able to hold on to it for as long as they have. But they've had this one. Incredible defenses and incredible consistency there. Now you're having, as this franchise is going through multiple transitions where it's not just Big Ben leaving, but you have your front office with turnover and decision makings and general manager spots. It's a big change that a franchise that has not had to go through big change uh, really ever. They've had incredible consistency where it's either been through the coaches, through the front office, and in quarterback play, when you've had to go through these big swings and big changes with your franchise, you've always had one semblance of or multiple semblances of consistency, whether it is at quarterback and coaching or front office and coaching as you're bringing in a new quarterback. You have had the ability to make these transitions relatively easy. And I'm going back and I'm looking right now at their football reference. 2003, they went six and ten. Yeah, so it's a 17 um, year streak. It is it, that it's a 17 year streak. But then you go back, and if you want to go all the way back to what 1992, you want to go back 30 years. There's only one other or two other losing seasons in that stretch. They've had three losing seasons in 30 years. And just to, I, I don't want to detract. That is crazy. The, I, I want to stay on the Steelers, but just to kind of give you what the other side of the coin could be, the Raiders uh, by the end of uh, this year, uh, obviously it could be two, but if you don't count this year, one winning season in that stretch uh, in their final t- uh, seasons in Oakland <laughs> up until they left for Vegas. So it has been consistent for Pittsburgh, and just it could be Awful for them, but thankfully it has not been. Bound to happen. It's bound to happen. And uh, I'm not going to be as critical uh, on, on Kenny Pickett coming in and just being like, hey, all right, youngin, let's go rook. No. Let, let's see what you got. I will, I will be critical, though, on Justin Fields because we've seen enough of Justin Fields now to realize that, my goodness, that Giants-Bears game <laughs> – these are two of the classic traditional football franchises in, in the history of, of the NFL, right? We, we've known – I, I saw a stat today. Field Yates just tweeted this out that since 1921, 
the Chicago Bears have been the winningest franchise in NFL history. Really? Since 1921. With their loss to the New York Giants yesterday and the Green Bay Packers win, that made it now Green Bay has tied Chicago for the most wins in NFL history. Well, they're going to pass them here pretty soon. <laughs> they're going to lap them. They're going to lap them. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to get ugly here because the game between the Giants and the Bears set football back 100 years. It was quarterback play. Now, the Giants have more of an excuse, even though their quarterback play isn't great, in that Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor both got hurt. You had Saquon Barkley playing the Wildcat quarterback with, for some reason, they put Daniel Jones on the field injured, like just having him out on the side. Like, no. <laughs> then they finally even looked at each other like, Brian Dayball's like, what are we doing here? Let's just get, his, get his butt off the field. And they just stuffed the ball down the Bears' throats. Uh, and Chicago, Justin Fields goes 11 of 22, 155 yards, sacked six times for 19 yards lost. Uh, it has come to a point where, look, are the Bears bad? Yes, they are bad. They were 2-1, and one, and I, I said it last week. You know what? Bears fans should enjoy the fact that they're 2-1 and one because it ain't going to be very pretty moving forward, and it's already getting to that point. I thought that they might have a chance to beat the, the Giants, and I sure as heck thought they should have beat the Giants yesterday, especially when two quarterbacks get hurt. Their inability to move the football, though, is it's wild, man, because it's not just they, – they've got – they found something in Khalil Herbert, right, the, the running back, but – you cannot run Justin Fields like he did at Ohio State, like he's a college quarterback. You you just can't do it. And when you know you know and you see a guy who is – now we have enough games of Justin Fields as a starter to say, man, this one ain't working out because it's not getting better. As the book keeps coming out, it's getting actually worse. He had 23 completions heading into this week. 23 in three games of football. He went 11 of 22 in that game uh, yesterday. So he has now nearly a third of his completions came in one game and he only completed 11 passes. And there's still people trying to tout him as a positive thing for the Bears. I I just saw something from Barstool said like, here here were the great takeaways from Justin Fields' performance yesterday. And it's like, what, one decent throw? And you're saying that's going to make the Bears have a good season? What? Confused. I feel for Bears fans, man. I feel for Bears fans. I I like have a I have a the soft spot for the Bears. Like I think their uniforms are awesome. I've always loved the Bears look and like Walter Payton and just sweetness being like ingrained. And you had Jim McMahon wearing sunglasses and the headbands. You had the Super Bowl shuffle. Like they everything about the Chicago Bears. I love Ditka. You know, smoking his cigars and having his wad of cash in his pockets at all times. Like, you you love the Chicago Bears. I love, I have a soft spot for them. My first little football uniform was a little Walter Payton. Remember the Hutch football uniforms? Oh, my gosh. I had uh, Walter Payton and Eric Dickerson were my, two, my first two Hutch uniforms. I loved wearing my Walter Payton uniform everywhere. Did you have a little mini oh, helmet to match it? Oh yeah, okay. It was the whole. I had the whole uni. I had the whole uni, both uh, sweetness and Dickerson, um, and I, I. So I've always had that soft spot for the Bears in my in my heart. 
their fans deserve better because they are so passionate and everything from ownership and fighting with the city over the stadium to your front office has been a disaster. Uh, and they still found a way, what, with Rex Grossman 15 years ago to go to a Super Bowl. But you've just kind of been so – he had a great defense for a lot of years, anchored by Erlacher. You had Peanut Tillman just going around punching balls out all over the field. And you were never able to capitalize on it, even though they kind of took – they tried to take the swing and go get, uh, you know, smoking Jay Cutler. It didn't work out for them, right? They des- their fan base deserves better because they are passionate. Now, I don't want the Bears to become the Cubs and just suck for eternity. I hope the Bears can turn it around, but unfortunately I don't see that happening with the McCaskey family run, running the ship, and that sucks. And that's not just a ju- – that's where I will give Justin Fields a little bit of a pass, right? Give him a, just a teeny bit of a pass in that you are set up to failure if your franchise is a disaster, and that's what they are. It trickles down ownership to front office to coaching to your to the roster that you have. They are regressing, Dusty. I thought they were better under Trubisky, and it's kind of ironic. We were just talking about the Steelers benching yeah. Trubisky for Kenny Pickett, but yeah, Bears Bears oh. are not doing great. Man. All right, 503-250-1080. That's the fan text on. Uh, worst day on the web. Didn't see this one coming. Next. Time for today's worst day on the web with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. You know what? Some are calling it, uh, giving him flack for it. But I, for one, am praising DK Metcalf for his honesty. Um, Yesterday, in the fourth quarter, of the Seahawks' thrilling 41-31 win over the Detroit Lions. There was a moment that had Seahawks fans a little bit worried. Uh, DK Metcalf seeing carted off the field with medical personnel um, in Detroit. And it was it was one of those moments where everybody just kind of went, uh-oh, what, what's going on? That's not good. You don't like that, especially since he didn't have his helmet near him. Um, there's a little bit of panic, like, uh-oh, did, did he get concussed? Is he going back for further evaluation? What's going on here? It didn't come until DK Metcalf tweeted out himself. That clinch walk wouldn't have made it. He was just honest with us. He had to go poop. And he wasn't about to do the clinch walk and just kind of shuffle his way through the back of the end zone out there. When nature calls, it calls, my man. And he had to go to the bathroom. And uh, I applaud DK Metcalf for his honesty in this moment because we just went through this what, a year ago with uh, Paul Pierce, right? Where when he got wheelchaired off and then ended up coming back and he was dynamite, he told us all finally like a decade and a half later that, yeah, no, I had, to, I had emergency poop, which is now being called into question. DK Metcalf's just getting ahead of the story and saying, look, I wasn't going to do it. We've all been there. We've all been there, right? Where you're running red, where you're running red lights, you're speeding through your neighborhood. You know you're not going to make it. You have got to find a way. Now, have you been in there in full pads? No, like, that's a different feeling. Now, hey, doing that and there is nothing more uncomfortable. Uh, to answer your question, yes, I have uh, fit myself into a far too narrow bathroom stall uh, in in full 
football gear before, and it is not a comfortable place to be whatsoever. But if the if the other option is just going in your drawers, you find a way. You find you find a way to get this thing done. But DK, to be to be honest with us all. And to come out and just tell us, look, man, that clinch walk wasn't going to make it. That's the most relatable thing a professional athlete's ever done. Ever. Now, did you ever have that happen to, like, a teammate um, or you no. while, while you were practicing? Because I did when I was a kid. And actually... Wait, uh, in the pants? Uh, like, a, like a oops poops? Like a, like a oops poops. Like, oh. a, And it actually, I'm not going to reveal yeah. the name, but it is a member of, uh, or a past member of Portland Sports Media. <laughs> so I'm real, I'll tell you off air. But uh, I went to high school with this guy, and uh, there was a practice, and he was there and said, uh, Coach, I could go up to the locker room just all of a sudden. And a direct off. shot, huh? Yep, off he went. Man, those <laughs> things happen. Gracious. Look, it happened, it happened to Joe Paterno, too. Remember, Joe Pa, Joe pa had to do the little shuffle off to the locker room. Look, I am not going to poop shame anybody here, uh, and it will not be DK Metcalf. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't care if the people – we're giving him a hard time for it or not on on the on the social medias. I just think that we've all we've all been there, and I think the awareness needs to be out there that DK he got carted off, and I don't feel I don't think it's a weak move whatsoever. Um, he was trying to stick in the game as long as he could, and when nature called, he had to get carted off. Man, you know, Dusty, I'm glad that you don't poop shame. I feel like we're I don't know maybe we're kind of putting athletes in like that same realm as like hot girls like as teenagers we all just think like those hot girls don't like poop or burp or anything like that <laughs> of course they do yeah. and so do these athletes guys it's natural for all of us it my happened. god i love some of the uh, feedback on social media like uh, i heard dk's changing his number to number two boom <laughs> <laughs> this is the moment that we need athletes mic'd up at all times on the field see this is a moment no, right for dad jokes we don't need that we don't need them it is it is perfect for dad jokes it is perfect for dad jokes because, like every, like there's gonna be a ton of dads out there. Be like, been there, buddy. I have been there. All right, DK Metcalf. Um, way to be relatable, dude. And I, I wish we had more openness from our athletes because there's a lot of them that are gonna be hiding that. Like Lamar Jackson last year. Like Lamar Jackson. Who remember when Lamar went back to the locker room? We all knew what that walk was. You don't want to put that walk on tape because that's going to be replayed over and over and over again. DK was doing the right thing by getting carted off because no matter what Lamar said after, he was not going to hide that story. We all knew. We've all had that walk before. DK, he got out ahead of the story, and he was just open, and he was honest with us, and I applaud him for it. This is different than the Manny Ramirez story, right? Because Manny was just kind of hop-footing it off to take uh, number one in the mm. Green Monster. Yeah, he went behind the wall. Yeah, he went behind the Green Monster. Just there, pulling yeah. a Manny, Manny being Manny. I, I kind of thought, oh, this is the same thing. Everybody should get off Manny Ramirez's back for that all these years ago. No, no, he was still just being a jerk. Never mind. Yeah. Hey, when nature calls, you got to answer that. 503 250 1080. That is the fan text line. Um, all right, we got a firing in college football that we did not see coming. Danny Dusty on the fan. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, the fan. Bit of a surprising firing in college football yesterday as uh, I think we all saw the writing on the wall and saw Carl Durrell at Colorado 
being fired at some point. I thought they were going to let him suffer through their whole season because of the fact that they just didn't want to pay a guy not to coach a team anymore. But, no, they uh, they ended up firing Carl Durrell, and that one makes sense. The one that is a little bit of a, a shock, though, is Wisconsin firing their head coach, Paul Christ. Um, Christ fell to 2-3 and three on the season with losses at home to both Washington State and then kind of Burt Bielema coming to uh, Madison in his return with the University of Illinois and beating up on the Badgers 34-10. to uh, That was a bridge too far um, for the Wisconsin faithful. So Paul Christ got canned yesterday. Um, he had eight years at Wisconsin, had a record of 67-26, and 26, had a 720 win percentage, won 72% of his football games and in that included a six and one bowl record at Wisconsin where his only bowl loss was to the Oregon Ducks in the Rose Bowl. Um, that is the only bowl loss to his resume is uh, at Wisconsin was that 2019 Rose Bowl with Justin Herbert and Mario Cristobal making the exclamation point on uh, Oregon's return to prominence in college football. Well, this is a slippery slope. We have seen this before with great programs where they fire guys with very good resumes and they put themselves now into a cycle of, okay, you're going to keep on making, doing the same mistakes over and over again. I look back in kind of on the first wave of this was uh, Nebraska with Frank Solich. And Frank Solich at Nebraska, what was, gosh, he was there from 98 uh, to 2003. And in that time, Solich was 58 and 19, won 75% of his games. But it was two and three bull record. Uh, and some of the losses just weren't the same. They weren't that national contender as Tom Osborne was, right? And everybody wanted to relive those glory days of Tom Osborne, and they thought Solich wasn't the guy. Well, they hired Bill Callahan and found out really quick how far down you can fall. They, Nebraska did the exact same thing with Bo Pelini. With, at Bo Pelini, 03 to 2000, or no, excuse me, it was 008 to 2014 at Nebraska. Pelini went 67 and 27, 70% of his games, four and three in bowls. He was a jerk. And they didn't like the way that he handled everything else uh, interpersonally. Um, so they found a way to run him out with the leaking of um, what he was saying in a back, uh, I think, in in the coaches' offices with the wives or something. Somebody was recording him. And that got leaked, and, and he got canned out of Nebraska. So Nebraska's done this twice. And we've seen that it's really stinking hard to – win football games in a power conference. It is. It is. It doesn't matter what program you have. Tennessee went through this too. Uh, Tennessee with Philip Fulmer. Like, Phil Fulmer won a national title at Tennessee. In, in 17 years of running the ship at Tennessee, he went 151-52, and 52, and he was awesome. Now, at the, at the tail end of his last season, he went 5-7, and seven, and they ousted him and after that 08 year they brought in Lane Kiffin Lane Kiffin left in the middle of the night to go to USC USC's kind of gone through this too where you have good coaches and 
you know, they've they've had, you know, firing Lane Kiffin on the tarmac. Lane was too immature. It wasn't his time, right? And they're not USC's, you know, coaching hires is more of the dysfunction at the top of the university. And now they finally got a good one because they have a solid AD who isn't a USC guy. It's not Pat Hayden or Lynn Swan. They got the bone in there running their athletic department, and they brought in Lincoln Riley. And look how quickly in getting the right hire, what it means to a program. But for a program like Wisconsin, you are very similar to Nebraska, um, where it takes the right person to win there. This will be really interesting to me to see if Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator uh, who they promoted to the interim head coach, by all accounts, he is one of the sharpest guys in football. And, and, I mean, he gets it. He's a Wisconsin guy, so he understands what it takes to win there. Um, they have got to make a home run hire here. And it's got to be a guy because here's the thing about Wisconsin. We don't really think about this out out here. But Wisconsin has got some strict academic restraints to their to recruiting. They it, It's actually a smart guy's school. It's one of the reasons why – you know, Justin Wilcox loved being at Wisconsin, even though he's there a year, and why he kind of the allure of the Cal job and being a head coach is because, you know, most most guys will look at the academic um, side of things as a restriction to that job. Well, you have to find a guy that identifies talent where that it becomes a strength of your program. And you go out and you find you lean on having the, those smart kids in there. And Wisconsin, you can get your kids, you can get in the kids that you need to get in. But you have a, a recruiting area where how many homegrown guys that we see from the state of Wisconsin on the offensive line or from Minnesota in that upper Midwest that year in and year out, you just have these monsters and maulers. And you have to have people that connect with that recruiting area and that recruiting base, and you have to continue to hit home run after home run on the offensive and defensive lines because they do it with homegrown talent there. And they do it year after year after year. And so it's going to take a special guy to win at Wisconsin. And I, it is a slippery, slippery slope. And if Jim Leonard can turn this thing around, that they are bingo off to a great start right there. But looking out at, at guys who would be candidates, I wouldn't be shocked one bit if Wilcox put his name in for that gig. He has a history there. He was a defensive coordinator even for a short time there. And by all accounts, he loved his time there. You know, there's going to be, as we're seeing the Pac-12 get more and more competitive and get better and better, right? If you are a Cal fan in Justin Wilcox, if Jake Dickert, who at Washington State, like Coug fans, you, you are getting things back on course and in the right direction in such quick order with Jake Dickert. He's young. He's exciting. But... It's home, right? He went to Wisconsin-Stevens Point. It was a homecoming when the Cougs went into Madison and they won that game, and there was a party for the Dickert family. Like, There's going to be some names. As this West Coast is getting back to relevant football again, right? Because they got really damn good coaching. And this Wisconsin job, they got to knock it out of the park. There's two guys that right here sitting on the West Coast that may fit that bill if Jim Leonard can't get it done. And Leonard also... Not only is he a Wisconsin guy, longtime NFL player, and he's got a resume and a pedigree behind him that guys are going to want to follow too. So I, I, I'm hoping for the best for Wisconsin. I, I really want to go to Camp Randall and see a game there at some point because I heard it's an electric college atmosphere on game day. I heard it's one of the 
best. Anybody that's ever gone to a game has said they absolutely loved it there. You have an environment. You have a good fan base. You have a good following. Wisconsin, though, you're on a slippery slope to where you may have fired a guy who is really damn good. They're going to need to knock it out of the park if they're going to stay relevant in the college football landscape. 503-250-1080. That is the fan text on. All right, from uh, coaching firings and hirings to Tyson Alger from the I-5 Corridor. He will join us next. We'll talk a little Ducks, Beavs, and all things Pac-12 football with Tyson coming up next. This is Danny Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.